everyone, and welcome to the Cowboy Spur. My name is Sally Ponemporto, I'm a senior, and I'm the editor-in-chief of The Sidekick. My name is Angelina Liu, I am a sophomore, and I am a staff writer for The Sidekick. The Cowboy Spur is a weekly podcast that rotates topics around a set schedule. Discussion will focus on news, sports, entertainment, student life, and opinions, with the occasional offshoot episode where we just mess around and have fun. Every week, we will have a story from Kapol Student Media. This week, our story of the week is entrepreneur-turned-high-school teacher by Shreya Boldana. Here are the first couple of lines of the story. In August 1996, San Diego Padres public affairs intern and current Kapol High School social media marketing, sports, and entertainment marketing and incubator teacher, Brian Simpson, headed down to the locker room to bring third baseman and MVP Ken Kamenitsi onto the field as fans lined the corner to get his autograph. Make sure to visit Couple Student Media to read the rest of the story. So even though that is a student life story, uh, it has a little bit of a sports tie-in, and this is our sports episode. Uh, and it is also March, and March is Women's History Month, so we figured it would be a great idea to start tying in women's history with sports. Um, some notable um, firsts that have happened with women in sports um, recently in the beginning of March, on March 2nd, uh, four Olympians, Alex Morgan, a soccer player, Sue Bird, a basketball player, Chloe Kim, a snowboarder, and Simone Manuel, a swimmer, um, they're all four Olympians, they came together and they created a brand called Together. Uh, that's together with the very last E being an X. And it's a brand in order to combat the undercoverage of women in sports. And it really just provides a space for uh, more representation of women in sports because in mainstream media, they often go undercovered. I'm very excited about that. I'm actually writing a sports uh, column about it. So be on the lookout for that. In addition, there are a few firsts in the football world for women. Uh, Sarah Fuller was the first woman to play in a collegiate football game. Uh, she played for Vanderbilt as a kicker and punter. And Sarah Thomas was the first woman to officiate a Super Bowl, and that was the most recent Super Bowl. As for coaching, the NFL did not have its first female coach until 2015. Jen Welter was added to the NFL staff as a training camp and preseason coaching intern. So recently there have been more women in coaching roles, more positions of power in various sports leagues. So let's take a look at the high school. How is Coppell High School doing with women coaches? Uh, so if we look at the numbers, and this is all based off of information from coppellathletics.net, which is the official uh, website for Coppell Sports, uh, we have 10 female coaches, one female athletic trainer, and one female administrative assistant. Um, we compare that to the male side, where we have 37 coaches, uh, two athletic trainers, and one athletic director. And so if we were to split that down even more when we're looking at head coaches, we have 11 male head coaches to four female head coaches. Um, and then to break that down even more, to give a little more detail, girls golf, girls soccer, and volleyball are all, all girls teams that are coached by women, and swimming and diving is co-ed and head coached by a woman. Um, softball, track and field, and girls basketball are all girls teams that are coached by men, and wrestling, cross country, and tennis are all co-ed, uh, even though they have girls and guys teams within the sport, and those are coached by men. Um, and just as a note, this is all going off of Coppell Athletics, and sometimes the information isn't always updated. For example, if you were to look right now, you'd see that girls soccer is 
said to be head coached by Ryan Dunleavy. However, that is not up to date. Um, he has stepped down for personal reasons. And right now we have uh, Rebecca Sars. Right now we have Rebecca Sars as acting head coach for this season. Um, something that I've noticed with female coaches is that sometimes players are more likely to not respect them as much. They might go a little far with jokes and things of that nature. However, with male coaches, they might joke around a little, but they still understand that there is a boundary and they won't cross that boundary. Um, they don't really view female coaches the same way because they feel like they might be too nice and afraid to be harsh towards their players. So having more women coaches can break that stereotype. Yeah, I think that more women coaches, I mean, more coaches who are female, I think that would be beneficial overall. And uh, in this episode, we're going to kind of dive into the reasons why having more female coaches in uh, in even the high school level would be beneficial. Uh, we'll talk to um, our principal, uh, Laura Springer, who has experience as both a coach and as an athlete, uh, as well as the girls basketball head coach, Ryan Murphy, who has experience coaching both girls and guys basketball um, to get a look into that. And overall, we'll just kind of talk about women's roles in sports over the years, where the differences lie, and we'll sum it up in a way that really highlights women's history, because it is March, and that is Women's History Month. Now our executive news editor, Shivi Sharma, will be talking with Coppell High School principal, Laura Springer, about the challenges female athletes face, as well as the important role women coaches play in developing a healthy environment. Hey everyone, I'm Shivi, the executive news editor of The Sidekick, and I'm here with Ms. Springer this morning. So Ms. Springer, when looking at our school coaches, the ratio of men to women is uneven. Uh, why would you say that is, and does it stem from the pool of applicants, do you think? You know, this I'm walking on eggshells on this one, I have to tell you, but um, I'm a firm believer that, that you need women coaches with our girls to show them and mentor them uh, as a young lady to make sure you realize that being in an athlete, uh, we tend to, we're very emotional beings. Mm -hmm. Uh, we also have a lot of issues that men do not have to deal with, with our bodies. And so it just is easy to have a woman to go and talk to when uh, that time of the month comes and a man goes, you know, suck it up, keep going. They don't have those cramps. They don't understand the things that you go to, the hormonal changes, the issues uh, that is going on. Uh, so I believe also a woman is a good understanding of, of the dynamics between women. You know, boys fight each other, yell at each other, they get over it. We women, we believe that you are an enemy for life. Uh, and so I think it's it helps a lot to have a woman understand that and help young women figure out how to navigate those issues between one another and, and talk it out and understand some, some tools to use to realize uh, that we don't have to hold that grudge forever. We can get through this. We can be a more mature people. So I miss that. I miss that we don't have enough women on the staff or for uh, our girls to go to. Also, 
just dressing room issues, you know, guys can't, uh, men coaches can't come in the dressing room with girls. So you need to have those women coaches to be present there. If something happened in a dressing room that they could come and be present and help and make sure that everything's okay. If kid passed out in the middle of a dressing room and everybody's changing clothes. You're not going to send the man coach in there to go check on her. Yeah. Uh, so those, there's so many issues around it. Uh, we do interview uh, a lot. I, I do believe that we, uh, we sometimes believe there's an, a myth, I think, among a lot of coaches uh, that have been in the business a long time, uh, that men believe women are not as good at coaches as they are. Uh, so if you get a lot of men on the, on the interview staff and they think, well, this man knows so much more about basketball than this woman does. Mm-hmm. But you don't just look at the knowledge of the game. You look at the ability to relate to young women. You look at the I believe athletics is about so much more than just teaching your sport. I believe it's teaching how to be a woman of character, how to be a woman who can persevere, how to be a woman who can show up and and be strong and and do all of those things that we're going to have to do when we raise kids, when we do all of those things later in our life. Uh, So it it just is like the it's the training ground for those things. So you have to have a woman teach you how to be ready to be a mother, how to be ready to fight the odds against you when everybody thinks, oh, she's less than us. Uh, you know, for me, I'm a big woman's rights, but I'm, I mean, I don't dislike men because I want to be women to be stronger. I just believe we women are stronger than people give us credit for. Uh, and, and, you know, that's just internal fortitude that we have. And that comes a lot through athletics and band and all those things where you learn discipline and getting along with others and having to uh, work yourself past the point that you want to work yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I love how you talked about the, I guess, more like people wouldn't think of the smaller components of the dressing rooms and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then you also talked about the more far reaching consequences of it. So I thought that was super interesting. Absolutely. So another question I have is, does Capel put any emphasis during the hiring process to get more women to apply? Is that something that you know about? Well, I do know that I do that. And I don't, I mean, I go to my other women coaches and say, you know, go tell people we've got these openings and that we need to get uh, some in here. You know, I'll be honest with you. We, two of our kids this year that we hired as assistant coaches, one at middle school North and one here at Coppell high school were graduates. Uh, they had come through East and I, I'd known them since they were middle school. And I'm like, I knew they were I'm done with college and I knew that they were looking for a job and I said hey you need to come back to Capel you know you know what it's like to go through these programs we need you here uh, so they did apply and they got the jobs and uh, I think that's important that we go seek out strong uh, women of char- young women of character who are can know what we're looking for already especially if there are graduates uh, and know the clientele they'll be working with and what, what are some of the issues we have here that we need to really work on with our kids. So I believe that we have to go out and seek good, strong women uh, to come back in here to coach and be part of our lives with these kids. Because honestly, Chevy, sometimes a coach may be the only connection a kid has of coming to school. I want to come because of this sport. It's my passion. I want to come because uh, that this is what I live for every day. Uh, and so if I can get a coach to get them here and then make them realize how important academics is to go along with those sports, it, it does everything that I want for that kid to set them up for a future that's going to be successful. Perfect. Yeah. I think it's great that they're CHS graduates because, you know, you really have that connection like you're talking about. It's so awesome. So um, I guess my final question is how do we get more women in coaching roles? For many, many years, when Title IX hit, 
Uh, Title IX was a big issue. Uh, I'll talk about when I was an athlete. Mm -hmm. When I was an athlete, girls' sports were, okay, let's let the girls have sports. It's okay to let them have it, but let's keep them in their little box, in their little Mm -hmm. area, and make sure they don't get too full of themselves or think they're really like any, like the guys. Let's just give them a piece of the pie. Uh, And so it was awful, Chevy. It was hard. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everything you know, the guys would come with brand new equipment, brand new this, brand new that, that, and always had the prime facility times to practice. You know, and my girls had to show up at six o'clock in the morning, start basketball practice at six o'clock in the morning, get theirs in and get out of the way. So then the boys could have that prime afternoon time. Uh, And so those kinds of things started happening. Well, finally, Title IX hit uh, where you had to have equality. And uh, so what would happen is in the old days, uh, men would hire their buddies to coach all the sports. And so then now they had to bring some women into, and you had to look at the equality of women coaches to men coaches. Yeah. And man, it was, it made them so angry, Chevy. It made men very, very angry that we were telling them how they had to hire, that they had to make women's sports just as equal as men's sports. Uh, and, and I just kept telling my kids, keep your head down. Let's go. We're going to be fine. We're going to move forward. It's, you know, make it work. Uh, I actually had an athletic director at one place I was working uh, that would hide my basketball so that we couldn't practice uh, because he didn't want girls to play basketball. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, it was ridiculous. So finally we got through that title IX phrase. I came into Coppell and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was very important to me for a while. I was the girls coordinator here at, on the campus and it was very important to me. I fought like crazy to make sure that people realize our girls are 10 times just as important as mm-hmm. every boy. And I don't want to take away anything. I want us to go support the boys and I want yeah. the boys to come support us. Uh, but I definitely want them to be taught and, and treated as viable, beautiful young women who work their tails off and sweat just as hard as the boys does. I, I might even have an argument to say, we are not able to jump as high as they are. So while they can go to a basket and dunk, we have to learn to really shoot uh, mm-hmm. because we have to you know, shoot from outside as opposed to running it in all the time. So if I really were talking, I'd tell you that we might even have a little more skill than they have in some areas. So I just want people to realize it doesn't have to be either or. Absolutely. It can be both. And it took a long time for that to even come to the table, Shiv. And when it finally did come to the table, I think women like me who'd been through athletics and knew I'm telling Chevy, I am alive today and I am well because a coach came in my life and showed me uh, you have a future and you it's through this game of basketball. We were my family was so poor. There was no way I was going to go to college. There's no way in the world. Uh, so for me to use basketball as a venue to get a scholarship and get an education and become an educator was just a gift, honestly. And I mean, one that I th- I'm thankful for continuously, even today. Athletics was the tool that brought me to be an educator. And then I, you know, and I can remember saying, you know, I want to take this and, and I want to be like the coach that helped me. I want to find kids that need some, and it may be basketball, it may be fine arts. I don't care what it is. I want to find your passion and use that to shift and shape your life, especially if you're coming from a place where you have nothing. And this is your only venue to be able to get a college scholarship, to be able to get a diploma, to be able to move forward in life. So for me, athletics is so much more than the game itself. It is, it is definitely a tool. And Shiv, some of these kids, the only reason they come to school is for their passion, yeah. whatever that might be. 
So for, for people to put uh, obstacles in our path for women uh, to not be able to be treated equally to, and I don't mean just sports, I mean in any area. You know, I believe in being strong does not make you less feminine. Uh, it actually makes you more, if you ask me. So uh, we women need to stand together. We need to stand up. We need to realize that we bring something to the table. When you're a woman coach with young women that men cannot bring to that table because they've not lived that life. They don't understand our issues and how we've been treated less than uh, and those types of things. So, uh, Yes, I, I, I want to empower any young woman that wants to be a coach, that wants to be a leader, that wants to stand up and, and lead other women. Let's go, baby. Jump on that wagon. Let's all start going together because I think it's vitally important uh, for, for your age group and even younger to see this is what I can be one day. Thank you, Ms. Springer, for joining us for the podcast. Now back to Sally and Angelina, where they'll talk more about men in coaching and what can go wrong. Thanks, Shivy. So moving on into some of the reasons why we believe that we should have more female coaches at the high school level is that there are examples of men coaching female teams where it just goes wrong. Um, and this isn't to put a blanket label on all male coaches, not in the slightest. Uh, this is, of course, just a select few um, men who abuse their power, but there are multiple examples where there is sexual abuse or misconduct or a lot of other things where um, a man abuses his position of power over his female team. Over the summer, there was an Instagram account, Coppell uh, Voices, where uh, students, uh, former students, you could submit these anonymous descriptions of experiences you've had that show that Coppell isn't this perfect place. You have examples that were given where players would make inappropriate comments to each other or a coach would make inappropriate comments about female athletes, whether it be, you know, trying to correct their form, but really making comments on how they look or how much they weigh their physique. Um, also examples where, you know, correcting their form turns into inappropriate touches or not, you know, not, not the correct way to go about things. And even though those are, of course, you know, anonymous submissions, we don't have you know, there's no more information we can't verify this is true or even point to any specific, you know, team, coach, any of that stuff. There are examples that are true. Um, for example, I have quotes from an article from the Seattle Times, and this was in 2003, but I thought that the wording was very powerful. Uh, and I did want to read it out loud because um, it's just incredibly, incredibly significantly horrible to hear about. It's it's the stuff that you never really want to hear, especially when you're in high school and you know that, well, if it happens out there, there's a chance that it could happen here. So here is the, the first paragraph or so, first couple of paragraphs of this article. The bond between athlete and coach can be powerful, and the one between a 15-year-old Port Townsend girl and a 34-year-old basketball coach was especially strong. The girl, raised in a troubled home, saw Randy Sheriff not only as a mentor on dribbling and jump shooting, but as a surrogate parent, confidant, and the best dad in the world. Sheriff showered her first with attention, then with flowers and chocolates, then with kisses. 
And I stopped there because the rest of those paragraphs are pretty sickening, but it's not something that's unique. And further on, the story does describe something else, a actual statistic that is even more sickening. Over the past decade, 159 coaches in Washington have been fired or reprimanded for sexual misconduct ranging from harassment to rape. Nearly all were male coaches victimizing girls. At least 98 of these coaches continued to coach or teach. Now, things like that are horrible. Thankfully, they're not the norm. They are the exception, but they are a prominent exception to where we hear about it regularly. Now, in our next segment, we'll be talking to Coppell coach Ryan Murphy, who coaches a girls basketball team, and we'll get his thoughts on that. But for now, Angelina, when you hear things like that, what does that make you feel? Thankfully, I had really great coaches throughout middle and high school that treated all their players with respect. Um, However, I did notice that when girls were struggling with things like their period, they would be afraid to tell like a male coach about it and fear that they would be labeled as weak. Um, I feel like girls should be able to trust their male coaches enough to where they don't feel like they have to hide their discomfort over something that a vast majority that girls experience. No, I completely agree. I remember that, I mean, my experience as a student athlete, I did dance, golf, and volleyball briefly. All of my coaches have been girls. And so when it came to like my PE class, um, I had male coaches. And I would remember, uh, this was in middle school, right, when girls were just getting their periods, you know, get just starting having their periods and all of that. And I remember they had one of two female coaches, you know, round up all the girls and take them to a distant spot away from the guys and be like, okay, this is how this is going to work. And it felt kind of hush hush. It, it felt kind of, you know, like keep it on the down low, even though literally half of the student population, if not more of that grade was, you know, girls and it was, you know, quiet. But when it came to, you know, the golf team and, um, volleyball my coaches were women so like they were more open about it they were just like yes you know if you have extreme period cramps if extreme pain like just bring a parental note or a doctor's note it's okay you can sit out and it felt it felt like we were more able to talk to them and I don't know if that's just me or if that's a universal thing with female athletes and you know their relationships with our coaches but being comfortable around your coach, I feel, is pretty important because they're going to be your mentor, your guide, the person who helps them improve. So if you can't even trust them with something like your reproductive health and, you know, whether or not you're able to do something or not because of what's going on with your menstrual cycle, I don't know what the foundation is for the rest of everything you do with them on that team. Um, I also feel like whenever we talk about girls sports in Kapow, there is always just a change in tone. I feel like it's not taken as seriously most of the time, especially basketball. Um, There's always a comparison between like girls basketball and boys basketball. If you bring up anything about like girls basketball, it's almost always like followed up with, oh, but this boys basketball team could totally beat this girls basketball team. Like they're not that good like this JV boys team could totally beat this varsity girls team. Um, But if you were simply just talking about like the boys sport, it would never, like the girls team would never be brought up. 
And I think that's something to point out. Yeah, and so to get a better grasp on the differences between girls' teams and boys' teams and what it's like to be a male coach uh, coaching a female team, next I'll be talking with Coppell coach Ryan Murphy uh, at basketball practice about his experience coaching the boys' team as an assistant coach and girls' team as the head coach where he is currently. When you compare and contrast coaching guys and coaching girls, is there a different a difference in the way that each team plays? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a difference. You know, like the the boys, the boys, uh, you know, they're bigger, stronger, faster. They can jump higher. You know, so there's a there's an athletic difference in in how they play. Um, and so, like because of that, like the boys can sometimes get away with not being as fundamentally sound because they they have an athletic advantage um over their competition um and so when you get a guy that is fundamentally sound and extremely athletic then you have a division one player but uh but um because of their their ability with that athleticism they can negate some of that stuff whereas like the girls the game is the game is obviously played below the rim and so they they have to be much more fundamentally sound to be su successful and so like from a front of fundamental standpoint i think the girls that are playing at that varsity level like they they just they have to be they have to be skilled you know and so um that's one of the things that from a physical standpoint there's there there's a difference um and then from like a mental standpoint in the way that they play i would say that you know like guys they the, the girls are a lot easier to have them buy into a team first and make sacrifices for the team whereas as guys kind of need to be a little convinced a little bit more so to, to make some sacrifices because guy and, and not in a selfish standpoint but just in the mindset of like I feel like I have to go get this shot to make us successful as a team. Whereas girls are more like, I feel like I, I can give this ball up to somebody else who's in a better position to help the team. And, um, and so th that's a little bit of the difference physically and mentally in the way they play. And then just how they're, how they buy in is a little different, you know, like uh, guys, they need, they almost need you to prove it before they, they they really buy into what you're saying, you know, because they they need you to they need to see that you know what you're talking about and the things that you're telling them to do, they're having success with, and then it's like, okay, yeah, we we can, we, I get it, I'm bought in now, you know. Whereas girls, it's it's much more they have to they have to trust you, they have to trust that that your you have their best interests in mind, and once they do, you know, they're they're completely bought in as well. All right. So in terms of being a coach, when you went from being a player to being a coach and coaching a girls team, did you have to see, did you have to make any adjustments in your mentality when it came to coaching girls compared to how you were known to play? There are definitely some adjustments that have to be made with girls simply because from a physical standpoint, you know, they're, they're not, they, they don't necessarily have the strength to make certain, certain plays. So there, there are some things with that that uh, that we we tweaked and all that. But at the end of the day, they're basketball players and it's a it's a simple game and you're trying to get the best shot. And um, it's all comes down to can you shoot? Can you dribble? Can you pass? Can you set good screens? Can you cut? And so um, from from that standpoint, there's there's not a ton that that needs to be changed. Great. And so would you say there are any limitations of being a male coach in charge of a female team? 
I don't, I don't really feel like there's any limitations. Um, I, I feel like the girls have been bought in and, and the feedback that I've gotten from the girls is that they're a lot more receptive sometimes to male coaches than, than female coaches, you know, and obviously that's a case by case basis, but. All right. Um, so I have one more question and it's a bit more of a serious note, but it's something that we talk about in another segment in our podcast, which is about examples of male coaches coaching female teams and it going wrong with them uh, abusing their power, sexual assault cases and all of that. So when you hear stories like that, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's heartbreaking. You know, I, like I have a, you know, I have a four-year-old daughter you know, and, and like, I don't, you, you know, when you're, when you're in a position of a coach, you're, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, when you build that trust with them, they're completely bought in and to abuse that trust is, is, you know, I mean, from a moral standpoint, that's, that's pretty tough to, to do. And, and like, I, I think about my daughter and I don't want her in a position where, you know, she, she puts her trust into somebody and, and they take advantage of that because that's, that's something that while that, that incident is horrifying, it doesn't end at that incident. You know what I mean? That's something that, you know, when something like that happens, you don't, you don't, you don't, that, that's years and years and years after that before, you know, you, you, you have trust issues or you have, you know, um, second thoughts about, about opening up to people and all that. And, you know, that's a hard way to go through life. So, um, you know, uh, for, for me, when I hear those stories, when, when they're able to be proven, you know what I mean? I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a punishment severe enough, you know, in, in all reality. And, and it's not just, it's not just coaches. It goes for, for anyone that's in a, in a position of authority. You know what I mean? You just, you can't, you, you can't, you can't abuse that trust. It, it goes in the exact opposite direction of, of why you're in that position, you know? All right. That's all that I have for you. Thank you so much for being a guest on this episode. It was great talking to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, Angeline and I will be discussing about the perception of female athletes more in depth and talk about the double standards for male and female athletes. Hey guys, we're back. So Sally, after that conversation you had with Coach Murphy, I think we need to keep in mind that when we talk about women in sports, they're usually perceived totally different compared to male athletes. So something I really also want to talk about is um, objectifying women in sports. I feel like it's just really sad to see that the reason why someone would go to a girls sport game, for example, volleyball, is to simply see the girl in a certain outfit, like spandex, for example, because um, if you were to go to a football game, no one ever is like, oh, I want to go see the guys and I don't know the correct term for their outfit, but like nobody would ever just simply say that as their sole reason of going. Yeah, and I actually have a very specific instance where this is confirmed. I remember it was in eighth grade at Coppell Middle School East. I was working the concession stand. I was there with two guys. All three of us were working the concession stand. One of them was there, just kind of there in a transition period, waiting for his parents to pick him up. So all of us were there. Um, we were talking about a volleyball match that was going on at the time. And I had made a comment like, yeah, I mean, because we were talking about the people who show up to watch the game. And I was like, yeah, well, guys only show up to watch the girls in spandex. 
and they were like, ha, 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 yeah. They just straight up agreed, no hesitation, no sense of shame or embarrassments. They were like, yes, yes, this is why. Uh, and of course, I, I'm not going to put that label on all guys. I mean, even though I did in eighth grade, I was like, okay, they only, they, they definitely only want to come so they can ogle at the girls. I want, you know, there are people who actually respect the sport. They respect the athletes. They have friends and all of that. But there are the people who go to ogle at the girls. And you see women being sexualized in sports a whole lot. Um, and so even when it comes to figures in, in sports who are, who are incredibly talented, gifted, well-decorated, all of that stuff, a lot of times you can see them being sexualized just because that they're women. I agree with you on that one because it reminds me of something that I saw online. Um, it was, I think, a gymnast and she had very buff arms. And I remember just going through the comment section and all of the comments were all just things, really like mean comments that were like, oh, ew, why are your arms so big? That's so gross. But, you know, as a gymnast, you have to have muscular arms. And I feel like it's just not fair the way that women are expected to just um, play a sport and also like have like the hourglass physique, even though that's not like what the sport would require you to have. And it happens with so many athletes. Serena Williams, people are like, oh, she, she has man arms. She looks like a man. Like no one's out there like, oh, Tom Brady looks like a girl. Like well, maybe they do if they hate him, but but no one no one sexualizes male athletes to the same degree. Like, I mean, I I poked fun at it in a sat in a satire article that I wrote for um, Coppell Student Media. I was like, Tom Brady's more than just a pretty face; he's also a football player, you know. But that's the stuff that you read about women. You know, like behind that shining white smile is a fierce attitude that comes out on the field. It's, it's, it's so often you see things relating to their physical appearance, to their physique. And it's ridiculous because we aren't holding men to the same standards. You'll always have that one person who finds something negative about something completely irrelevant. And that for women is oftentimes their appearance. I feel like another thing is, especially in coverage, um, women whenever women show anger or especially like that Serena Williams thing that happened she was angry over something and um all the headlines written were like oh she's uncontrollable that's like rage like she's so like she's insane while like if you like notice like other men showing like anger towards the sport it would be more like um so-and-so shows passion determination dedication and like it just paints women in a very negative view when it comes to that yeah, and if anything, it might, like, like at least in my experience, I, I tend to see things as the opposite just because I am female. And I think that that plays a role in it because a lot of times you do have male reporters who are reporting on all of these events. Sports journalism is a very male-dominated industry. So if you were to have things like that where you see a woman all yelling, oh, she's angry. You see a man yelling, oh, he's passionate. Well, for me because I am a person who hates men yelling. 
it terrifies me, I would see the opposite. Uh, and I kind of have an example of this when it came to my own coverage, um, going back to women in coaching roles. So uh, this was a while back, I was covering an event and it was a male coach coaching a female team. And the team had a really bad loss that, that night. And afterwards, well, okay, no, during the event, I was sitting up in the press box and I could hear the male coach yelling from where he was. I mean, I want to say over two stories down, two stories down, plus a thick wall of glass. And I could hear him yelling. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to interview this man afterwards? And I'm terrified because wow, he was angry. And so he, I see him standing and he's got his arms crossed and his eyebrows in like a really deep V. And I'm like, wow, this man is so angry. He is so livid. I do not want to interview him. And even though journalistically, I know it was my duty to you know, interview him and report and include that in my coverage, but I didn't because he scared me that much. And I know that Maybe for me, that's a bit different because I'm not an athlete. I'm not used to that again and again and again. But honestly, I've dealt with female head coaches who coach female teams, of course, and they, they've lost. And I've never been afraid to approach them. Even if they're mad, I'm never afraid of them. But in that moment, I was afraid of that male coach. What does that mean for a player? If you're a player and your coach is that angry and using that tone does that make you feel terrified? Does, does that make you feel scared? Like, are you used to that? I just don't know the answers to any of those questions. And I honestly don't feel it's my place to ask, but it's also something you got to keep in the back of your mind. Like, hey, what, what does this mean? How does a female athlete perceive a male coach when it's something like that, where they're just really, really angry? Um, I had a male coach and a female coach in basketball. And I would say the biggest difference is, I feel like the girls, they are more shy around the male coach in the beginning where if they were just talking to like the female coach, they would just warm up to her almost immediately. So I think that having two different people, two different coaches on a team can really just balance players out and provide new perspectives that maybe just having a male coaching staff can't. Um, women should be able to take on more coaching on a professional and high school level and just break down those stereotypes that women don't understand sports or aren't credible and provide that insight for athletic teams.